We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. We've been going through the book of Matthew, and uh, we'll keep doing that for a little bit longer. We're going through slowly, and uh, uh, the preaching passage uh, today, uh, we're going to read it, uh, Matthew 7, verse 24, and it says, uh, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. So we, we hear this, and this is a favourite thing to do in kids' church, because you're bringing the rock, you're bringing the sand, you're pouring the water, and it looks great, and you've probably heard it before. Uh, this is the concluding illustration of the Sermon on the Mount. You might have heard about the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Darren spoke about the Beatitudes a few weeks ago. The Sermon on the Mount goes from Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. Three chapters in this book are all one sermon. And what we do often is we pick things out, and most of the time that works all right. But this is Jesus' concluding illustration of everything he's talked about for the last three chapters. Right? He's saying, everything I've talked about, this is what it's like when you do it. It's like building a house on rock. And Jesus, he was talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it's really all Jesus talked about was the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus came to fulfill the law and prophets and bring a new way to meet with God. And the Bible says when Jesus cast out demons, uh, when he healed people, when he preached the good news, he said the kingdom of heaven is here. And so heaven isn't this far off place. The kingdom of God isn't this far off place. Uh, when, when God is involved in earth, the kingdom of heaven is here. When we worship, the kingdom of heaven is here. When we pray for one another, when we love one another, the kingdom of heaven is here. When we show grace and mercy, the kingdom of heaven is here. And so we experience the kingdom of heaven. When we experience forgiveness, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with peace, we experience the kingdom of heaven. But me and you, we also bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. When we show mercy, when we are filled with joy, when we are gracious to one another, when we forgive, when we are generous, we bring kingdom of heaven to earth. It's God's rule, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this sermon is really what the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, are interchangeable. It's what it looks like. Jesus saying, this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. And he had to say what it looks like, because it doesn't look like what's usual. <laughs> and said, so really, this is what this sermon over three chapters is about. And so I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I'm kind of going to just preach the Sermon on the Mount. Right. 
I'm not going to... Usually we have like a shorter passage and we get into it and we talk about it. I'm just going to kind of try and preach what Jesus preached. Right. And it was actually quite tricky to kind of write, to be honest. Uh, And what I'm going to do, I'm going to use some different language and things like that. But I want to kind of show us what Jesus is doing. It's actually an eloquent, beautiful sermon. Not mine, Jesus's, right? Which finishes in this illustration. And I was really praying about this illustration and I felt I can't, I don't feel like I can preach in it today without talking about what he's talking about. Because Jesus is saying, when you you do what I'm talking about, this is what it's like to build a house on the rock, a sure foundation. So that's what we're going to do and we're going to have a crack. And and so I'm not going to read any more scripture until the end. But if you follow along Matthew 5, 6 and 7, you'd almost, hopefully, if it all goes to plan, and it might not, it might, I don't know, you should be able to kind of see along as we go. And different words might look different, but we'll just see what happens. And uh, let's pray. God, this is your word to us that we're, we're, we're just trying to look into, reveal. God, I pray that you help us to know you more. Help us to experience your grace, your freedom, your life. Uh, A kingdom of God, heaven come today. Jesus, you prayed, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I prayed it here today. Let us experience love, joy, peace as it is in heaven. Let us bring to one another love, joy and peace as it is in heaven. And let us know you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you follow along, we'll start at uh, Matthew 5. And, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen people who walk around like they've got it all together, with a bit of pomp, a bit of skip in their step, and nothing wrong with having a skip in their step, but I don't know if you've ever seen when people look down or judge at one another. Well, in, in God's kingdom, it's completely different. God blesses us and God finds it wonderful when we live in dependence of him. It's like thinking that without God, we're in trouble. Without God, we're in trouble. We need his grace, love, and freedom. It's not a bad thing to need God. It's actually a wise thing. Only God can give us life. We can't do it by ourselves. You know, when we, when we depend on the kingdom of God, when we depend on God, then we experience life, abundant life, the kingdom of God. You know, God blesses, God finds it wonderful when we mourn. I mean, that's not like walking around like Eeyore, you know, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. The sad donkey. It's not like that. It doesn't mean we just live sad, right? It's when we're aware of sin, when we're aware of the suffering in others, and we turn and live a life of repentance. Turning and following Jesus. You know, God doesn't turn us away whenever we turn to Him. He welcomes us in, and we're embraced and given life. You know, God blesses. God finds it wonderful when we're humble. Not false humility or you ever try to compliment someone like, oh, no, 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 no. Secretly they love it, you know. Now, true humility is confident hope in God, but knowing He's Lord. It's being open and teachable. It's being vulnerable. It's about God's glory, not ours. And you even see in the start here, it's so countercultural to our world, isn't it? In our world, everyone wants to look like they got it all together because no one's actually got it all together. Everyone's got their own way of doing things. They don't need advice. They're Mr. and Mrs. Independent. 
uh, trying to serve themselves and their own desires. It's about making my life comfy. And God's kingdom is completely different. It's countercultural. It's about depending on God. It's about serving. It's about being humble. It's about repenting. You know, God blesses. God finds it wonderful when we want to see justice. And justice isn't getting your neighbour back when they leave dog poo on your front lawn, right? It's not, you know, it's not a, a getting even, right? You used to get even and footy, that person hits you, so you try and get a little cheap shot in later. That's not justice. That's not what Jesus is talking about. It's, it's seeing those who are suffering. It's seeing those who are mistreated, who aren't valued, and wanting fairness and justice for them. Throughout the Bible, you see Jesus with people who are hurting, with people who aren't included, with people who aren't valued. When we have a heart for those who are hurting, we know the kingdom of God. You know, God blesses and God finds it wonderful when we show mercy, when we're kind, when we forgive, when we show grace. And when we pass on what we've received from Jesus, when we show mercy, it shows that we know God's mercy. You know, God blesses, God finds it wonderful when we have pure hearts, when we have pure motives, when we love God, love our neighbour, when we don't things to get a favour back, you know. If you're wanting a favour back from helping it to work and be, you'll be waiting. Uh, you know, when we have pure hearts, we're not there to manipulate or climb a ladder, we're here to serve God, love people. You know, God blesses, God finds it wonderful when we work for peace. I think that one rings true at the moment. How much conflict is out there? Right? The, the Facebook comments are wild viewing, aren't they? Sometimes. People love a good Facebook argument and uh, it always gets solved. No, it doesn't. And, you know, there's conflict, there's divisions. I believe this, I believe that, I choose this, I choose that. And peace isn't agreeing and just giving up your stance, it's how we love, it's how we're unified in Jesus. It's the God blesses, God encourages us when we're mocked or ridiculed for doing right. You know, following Jesus, being in the kingdom of God, sometimes won't always be popular. You might have to leave some conversations. You might have to leave some situations. Uh, you, you might have to be generous instead of gain. You, you might have to not fit in with pop culture you might have to be ridiculed sometimes, but, but when this happens, keep on. Keep on. God's faithful. God rewards. God will look after you. That's the kingdom of God. And, and think about how different the kingdom of God is to our world. You know, our world divides. We're called to bring peace. Uh, the world gets even, right? We show mercy. Uh, the world moves past suffering. We're, we're told to seek justice for those who are hurting. The world, everyone has ulterior motives. Why are they doing that? We're called to be pure at heart. You know, Jesus, his life perfectly illustrates the kingdom of God. You know, imagine if, if the church of Christians, if we lived like this. If we, we, if we lived the life of peace, of seeking justice for those hurting. Depending on God. It'd be like salt. You ever added salt to a bland meal? Maybe grandma's cooking isn't up to scratch and the steak's a bit bland, so you put a bit of salt on so you can get it, get it down the hatch, right? 
Yeah, there's a few of you nodding. I found grandma's cooking goes two ways, amazing or needs lots of salt. Uh, You notice the difference of salt. You know, when we live the kingdom of God, it's like we're adding flavour to the world. It's like being light. Uh, One of the things that infuriates me most as a dad is waking up in the night and having to do things because it's dark. And you have to turn the light on, but it blinds you, doesn't it? But when you turn the light on, everything's easier. You can find what you need to find. You don't stub your toe. You think about dark alleyways, they're only scary because they're dark. Alleyways aren't scary. Dark alleyways are. So we're called to live in the kingdom of God. And when we do, it's like shining light in our world. When the church, when Christians, when we live a life of peace, of pure motives of depending on God, it brings clarity, it brings safety, it brings light to people and places. Salt and light. I think of, when I think of salt and light, I think of things like mops that are loving people, providing a, a great place and bringing light. I think of the shed men that my friend Eldon does at our Drossen, where 80 blokes rock up to his shed and he feeds them all steak and he tells them God loves them. I think of, of teachers who are merciful and kind. I think of nurses who work for peace. I think of business owners who are generous and content. You know, this kingdom of God, this new way of living, it was always God's plan. Right? Sometimes we read Old Testament and New Testament, like, hang on, God looks different, he doesn't. Jesus came to fulfill the law and prophets. Jesus perfectly reveals God. Right. Darren shared an illustration. It's like uh, the Old Testament is a sketch or a drawing. And then when Jesus comes, it adds color and life. This kingdom of God was always God's plan. So what does this kingdom of God, salt and light living, actually look like? What does it actually look like? Well, you might have heard of the Ten Commandments, Moses' Ten Commandments. One of them, you shall not murder. Who likes that one? That's a good commandment. I don't think anyone's ever going to have an issue with that commandment. Right? If you came to me, if, uh, if uh, who should we pick on? If Peter came to me and said, you know that murder commandment? Not sure about that one. I'm like, Peter, see you later. Right? <laughs> That's a good commandment. That's a good one. Right. But Jesus, talking about the kingdom of God, he takes it further. He says, don't even have built up anger. Don't curse people. Don't hold up grudges. The kingdom of God, it's a life of forgiveness and grace. We've been forgiven by grace, so we pass it on. We see the best in others, we choose forgiveness, we choose patience. You know, this is so important to God, right? This is what he says, he says, he'd rather us deal with our grudges and unforgiveness first than make an offering and a sacrifice. That's how important our inner life is to God. Saying before you worship, before you give anything, deal with the unforgiveness and grudge. That's the kingdom of God, it's so countercultural. Another one of the Ten Commandments is a good one. Don't commit adultery. Again, if you came to me and said, I'm not sure about that one, I'd be like, nope, you're wrong. Right? It's a good commandment. Adultery is not going to help anyone. Right? 
But Jesus, he says, the kingdom of God, it, it, it goes further. He says, don't just not commit adultery. Don't even be lustful for someone else. He says, he says if, you, if your left eye causes you to suffer, cut it out. And he's not being literal. He's not saying, hey, go get rid of your eyes, right? But what he's saying is, hey, as soon as you go down that path, change. You know, adultery really starts with adultery. You know, if you start to go down that path, change. Turn back to Jesus. Again, all this isn't in our own power. It's as we follow Jesus. He renews our mind and gives life. You know, divorce is so common in our world, isn't it? What is it, 50%? And this isn't a whole conversation about divorce, but it takes two parties. Two parties to follow Jesus. But if you think if two parties follow Jesus, if they dealt with forgiveness and anger, and if they dealt with lust, I reckon that percentage will be a bit better. If both were committed You know, in the kingdom of God, we should let our word be our word. You know, Jesus said it, and he did it. He delivered it. I remember growing up, Dad always used to, I used to say, I'll promise I'll clean my room. I promise I'll do that. And Dad used to say to me, don't promise, just do it. Just let your word be your promise. You know, when, when we... What, when we do what we say, we actually show to God's heart because God does what he says. His promises are true. His promises are faithful. And as Christians, if, if you say you're going to pray for someone, let's do it. If you say, oh, God is with you, let's mean it. If you say, I'm going to be there, let's be there. You know, a common saying is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's a bit about that justice with the neighbour who's cut his palm trees into your yard or something, you know. Get them even. Me and my brother Caleb, he's working this morning. We used to play this game. When I say game, we used to fight each other. Um, it was a fun game. And one particular person would softly slap the other on the cheek. Anyone could start it. At any time, there was no rules. Right? And then what would happen is the other person would have to get them even, slap them back. Well, then it just continues and spirals out of control. And I was quite bigger until I'd pin him down and get him 40 times and then the whole thing would blow up and I'd have to leave. Right. Slap your back. Got to get your back. You can't, be, you can't have one over the other, right? <laughs> you can't be the brother who's been slapped more times than the other brother. You got to get him back. Right. And I was never losing that one, to promise you that much. And... Uh, You know, Jesus, he says if someone slaps you, give me the other cheek. What? And the other thing, Jesus is being literal, going around offering slaps in Yorktown, right? He says, if someone says, carry your bag for a mile, carry it too. What? What he's saying is be generous, let things go. Don't look for revenge. God's faithful, leave it to him. Now we're told the greatest commandments, love God, love your neighbour. It includes your enemies. He says, love your enemies. And just letting you know, you don't have any enemies, right? You're not Superman. 
or like some Star Wars. There's no evil in no, the other people. We don't have enemies in, our, in other people. Most of them just wake up trying to do their best. Right. It says pray for your enemies. Be generous to your enemies. You know, when you're generous, forgiving and kind to people who may not be like that to you, that's an opportunity to show them the heart, the grace, the freedom of God. You can be part of that healing. You know, it's so easy to be kind to people who are kind to us. That's common sense. That's just courtesy. Anyone can do that. But think of who Jesus died for. He died for everyone. Jesus gave life to everyone. Jesus had time for everyone. That's the kingdom of God. We talked about a pure heart and pure motives in the kingdom of God. You know, when we do things for each other, let's just do them. Not looking for glory or a, a thank you. Hey, and that, if that happens, that's great, and we should appreciate one another. You know, but let's just be kind to be kind. Let's just be generous to be generous. It's like if you do something with someone and you take a, a selfie and put it on Instagram, it doesn't quite have the same meaning, does it? Let's just be kind to be kind. Hey, Jesus, he, he, wasn't, he often was trying to quiet down the fandom, wasn't he? You know, the kingdom of God, it's about living counterculturally, right? It's about being salt and light. It's different to the world, clearly. The world is full of lust, the world's full of anger, the world doesn't forgive. Jesus calls us, he says, hey, this kingdom of God is different, right? And it's different in how we treat and love one another, but it's also different in how we know God. The kingdom of God is how we know and treat one another, but it's how we know and interact with God. You know, Jesus brought a new way to meet with God. He calls him our Father in heaven. He calls us to approach God like a little child approaches their parents. You know, we don't need big and proper words. We don't need a bunch of perfectly formulated prayers. We don't need a Babylon. We don't need to shout and yell to get God's attention, right? <laughs> if he can hear our whisper, if he knows our innermost desires, I don't think we've got to yell at him, right? And yeah, we can be passionate sometimes, but the way we pray isn't going to get God's special attention. He's inclining his ear. You can just come and talk to your Father in heaven. We can do it together in church. We can do, do it by ourselves. That's some of the best prayer. My prayer is spending time with your dad in heaven who already knows you and loves you. Think less about asking and more about just talking and listening to him. Here's one example of how to pray, and Darren talked more about it last week, is begin by just honouring God, thanking God, acknowledging who he is, being thankful for, for who he is, what he's done, what's around you. Pray for God's kingdom to come. We're talking about God's kingdom. Pray for peace to come to your community. Pray for, for restoration to come. Pray for forgiveness to come. If you're praying for someone, you can pray healing to come. Ask for anything you need. Ask for something your neighbour might need. You know? Repent and turn to God again. Forgive others as God forgives you. Ask for help. You know, we'd, we need a bit of help to forgive sometimes. We need a bit of help to be kind. We need a bit of a help to have self-control. Ask God to help you. You know, fasting's another great way to connect with God. Fasting's when you give up something and you've got to do something else. You've got to fix your attention on God. If you just give up something, it's just like a diet. 
or like you're just changing a habit. Fasting is replacing something with time with God. It's a great way to connect with God. You know, when we follow Jesus, when we live this kingdom of God, how we treat each other, how we interact with God, it, it, it changes how we view the world. Well, it should change how we view the world. You know, you know money, possessions, status. Uh, money and possessions, they're helpful, right? But they can come and go, can't they? If everyone's selling their houses with the interest rates or trying to work out how to pay or when we go to heaven, when the new heaven, new earth, all that stuff isn't going to be there, you know? Hey, and money's helpful, we need it, right? And we're called to work. But what do we treasure most? What's most important? Where we, what we treasure our heart will be. What do you focus on? Where does your mind go to? Is it the kingdom of God? Let's put God first and everything else will fall into place. That's the promise of God. You know, Jesus used the example of the wildflowers. And we can get used to nature, especially in a beautiful place like this. But if you look around at the flowers, the gardens, and, and God created them and cares for them. Think about that, God created, and this didn't just happen. God made the beautiful nature we look at. And if he cares for that, how much more does he care for us? Right. And look at the birds. Elsewhere it says, God knows every sparrow. He knows me and you. Our backyard's full of willy wagtails. Right. We've got about 10 of them that live in our backyard and they make little nests and it's quite nice. And God knows every one of them. God made them. And if God cares for the birds, and they don't, they don't probably store up food and build their bank. And Again, not saying those things are bad, but if he cares for them, he's going to care for us. And again, it's not getting rid of wealth or money, but it's putting God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's a safe place. It's a blessed place. So don't worry or become obsessed with storing things and getting everything. God knows what we need and he promised to look after us when we seek him first. So don't worry about tomorrow. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Right? None of us know. We might have plans. They may or may not go to plan. Right? You, you, all you can control tomorrow is your own attitude. So live today, enjoy God, enjoy each other. You know, another thing about God's kingdom is there's no need to judge each other. What are they doing? Are they growing in that area? Why are they still acting like that? Why are they saying that? What are they doing about that? I find it's much easier to look at other people than myself. It's a bit more confronting dealing with your own stuff, isn't it? Jesus said it, it, it's like pulling out a speck in someone's eye when you've got a log in your own. I like to think of it, it's like pouring out a stain on someone's shirt when you're just covered in mud. It's a bit hypocritical, isn't it? Right, we don't need to judge each other. Bring life, speak life. See the best in each other like Jesus did for us. You know, the kingdom of God... It, the, the, the teaching of Jesus, it's sacred. It's sacred. 
we need, to, we need to treasure it. We need to take care of it, what God says about us, what he calls us into relationship with him. I think often we forget the power, how special the word of God is. He says, don't throw it like scraps to the pigs. We've got chickens and we had some, they died, we've got new ones. And uh, we give them scraps, right? And they're scraps for a reason, because we either don't want to eat it or it's gone off, right? I don't give them the good stuff. The good stuff's for me. The, the average stuff is still for me, right? The bad stuff, it's for the chickens, and the word of God, the teaching of God, the life of Jesus, it's special, it's sacred. Don't throw it away, treasure it, look after it, build your life on it. Uh, Jesus calls God our Father in heaven. You know, I, I, I've spoken about this, I love giving gifts to my kids. I find it fun, I enjoy it, I love seeing them happy. Uh, there's an element that they're easy to give gifts to. I'm not as good at giving gifts to my wife, Talia, because it's just a little bit trickier, Right? I give good presents to my kids. They get good gifts because I'm a good dad, I have fun, and I love them. Right. And Jesus said, if you give good gifts to your kids, how much better will your Father in heaven look after you? I wouldn't give my kids something that will cause them harm, would I? Or a rock, or a... That's just stupid. But God is our Father in heaven. Imagine what he's got prepared for us. It says he's got the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's God's presence for us on earth, in us, within us. And so that's your God who you pray to. You can just talk, you can ask, you can seek, you can knock, and God will always be there for you. God will always open the door for you. We haven't got a Father in heaven who we have to book a time in with, who we have to schedule it, who we have to see if he's in a good mood. Nah. We've got a Father in heaven who welcomes us in always and forever in grace and mercy. You know, kingdom of God, kingdom living. Think about how, how God treats you, how he values you and me, what he's done for you and me, how generous he is for you and me. Now think about how you'd like to be talked to, how you'd like to be valued and treated. And that's how, we, that's how we should talk, treat and value one another. You know, we, this kingdom of God, not everyone's going to do it, are they? And a lot of time, we might not do it either. But as we journey with Jesus, more and more of it will flow out of our lives. But it's a choice, isn't it? And Jesus uses the example of a narrow gate. Because the only way to find life and freedom is Jesus. You know, it, it's still a gate though, and it's still open. He compares it with a wide highway and a narrow gate. It's still just as open, but it's just one way to find life, and that's Jesus. One way. Jesus. You know, when we enter the gate with Jesus, we show other people where to go. You ever been lost in following a car? Right? I think of those detours when you see the detours in Adelaide and you end up in these random streets and you're just following whoever's first. You don't know them, right? There's this random car in Adelaide and you're in the streets, you don't know where you're going, but you follow them. And when we enter into the narrow gate following Jesus, we're showing people how to, how to get there. 
You know, if we, if we want to see if someone's a follower of Jesus, even if we're looking for a teacher or mentor, uh, don't just look at what they say. Look at how they live. Do they show mercy? Are they full of grace? Do they forgive? A tree is shown by its fruit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. If you want to let something have a voice into your life, whether it's a person, whether it's a media, does it have that fruit? (laughs) Some of us are letting things have voices in our lives that don't bring or show anything of love, joy and peace. You know, kingdom living isn't just saying I believe in Jesus. You know the demons believed in Jesus. It's not just saying I know Jesus. It's passing on what we receive from God. Being light, being salt, forgiving, love and mercy. You know, all this teaching about the kingdom of God, how we're to treat and love each other, how we're to be slow to anger, be pure, be, be workers for peace, forgive, how we're to know God. How we can just talk to God, come to his presence, that we're welcomed in. All this teaching, if, you, if we put it into practice, it's like building a house on a rock. You know, when you build a house on rock and sand, you, you don't know the difference until there's rain. Right. It looks the same when you're building it, It looks the same when it's done. The foundation is only tested when the storms of life come. You know, when we live in the kingdom of God, when we build our lives like this, it's like building frame by frame on a sure foundation. And because of God's forgiveness, generosity, mercy, when things happen in life, which they will, right? It's going to rain. You're in a safe place. You're in a sure place. When you, when you have God as a father who you can talk to, who you talk to, who you speak to, who you thank, who you ask for help, that's a sure place. When you live a life of, of peace and forgiveness, that's a sure place, a sure foundation. And hey, Jesus said, if you don't listen, if you don't keep these commandments, if you seek your own desires, if you, if you depend on your own life, there's a chance it could all fall to bits. I'd hate to build a life dependent on myself. I'm good most of the time, but I can get shaky. We want to build a sure foundation on Jesus, on his kingdom. You know, there's reasons why there's sand pits for kids, not rock pits. You ever thought about that? We're going to put a sandpit at the back in the new playground area. Because sand, pits are, sand is easy to dig in, right? In rocks. Right? Hey, it's easy to build a house in the moment on sand. In the moment, it's easier to want to get even. In the moment, it's easier to stuff them on a show on grace. It's easier to do it in your own strength. It's easier in the moment to to follow that feeling that doesn't lead you down a good path. Now, digging a rock is harder sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to say no. Sometimes it's hard to forgive. Sometimes it's, it's tricky sometimes, but that's the sure foundation.
the kingdom of God. We experience the kingdom of God on earth, we bring the kingdom of God to earth. Jesus brings and one day he'll completely fulfill when he returns the kingdom of God. And so my question as we finish, this week, what are you building with? If we're building our lives on a sure foundation, what frame are you going to put up this week? What frame that can bring life? Maybe it's how you pray with God. Maybe it's walking the path of forgiveness. Maybe it's what we treasure. What are you building with? Andrew, can we put that passage up, please, mate? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. For anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it'll collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. God, I just pray uh, for, for everyone here today, Lord God. God, we thank you for your word, your kingdom of God. Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done right here in Edithburg as it is in heaven. God, help us to know you. Jesus, you brought a new and life-giving way to meet with God. God, help us to just come and straight into your presence. We are seek, we knock and you're there, you're ready, you open the door for us to give us life, to lead us, to renew us, to transform us. God, help us to love people like you love them. Help us to treat people counterculturally like it calls us to in the kingdom of God. Help us to be gracious and forgiveness, not to judge or be harsh. But God, we know we can only do that when we receive it from you. So God, I just thank you for every single person here. You know them, you love them. You know their past, their present and their future. God, you have good gifts for them. You have your presence, your spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. You have life for them. You have forgiveness and freedom. You have a new way to live. So God, I pray that this week we'd know you, help us love you and follow you, help us to love and be kind and, and, and live this countercultural life even when it isn't easy because when we do, we bring salt and light to this world. So God, I pray for us all here today. Lead us, transform us, have your way in our lives. And God, even now as we go and drink coffee and have conversations, Help us to be full of grace. Help us not to judge. Help us to speak life, to lift up, to be kind and generous, to bless someone else because we're here to be blessed, to be a blessing. Pray over the week ahead, God. I pray it will just be an abundance of your love, your joy, your peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.